0: The Rich Roll Podcast. Hello, citizens of planet Earth. This is Rich Roll. Welcome to my podcast. I am the host of the Rich Roll Podcast. Is that the truth?
1: That's true, actually. Excellent. You, in fact, are.
0: You're in the right place. Hey, everybody. Like me, Inside Tracker wants to help you start the new year right. So they're thrilled to help support the Living Proof Challenge, the no-cost science-based habit-building program designed by my well-being wizard brother, Simon Hill, to specifically up-level the most important biomarkers that drive healthspan, that drive disease prevention, physical fitness, and mental well-being courtesy of a doable, evidence-based 12-week program elaborated upon in length in my conversation with Simon that dropped January 1. That's RRP804. If you listen to that episode, then you know the program entails comprehensive blood testing at both the commencement and conclusion of the challenge, and nobody handles blood testing better than Inside Tracker, who are graciously encouraging everyone to join the no-cost challenge by offering a 25% off discount on inside tracker tests. To unlock the discount and learn more about this challenge, visit theproof.com slash livingproof. Hi, Julie.
1: Hi, Rich Roll. How are you? I'm pretty good, actually. Excellent.
0: It's been a little spell since our long. last been Have you missed uh, me? I have missed you.
1: It's been a long time. Are we
0: going to get intimate now? Since I've seen you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I have, That's it's not been a long true. time since I was on the podcast. When was uh? When was the last time? A long time ago. It was. Well, uh oh, come on. Couple it was.
1: Weeks. Let's see. Oh no, way more than a couple weeks.
0: Three weeks, maybe. No,
1: it was before my father passed away.
0: It was just before that.
1: Yeah, so it's been you know six weeks now. Or no, six. it was. For two weeks. weeks. It was like
0: mid, mid-December, mid-December, I think, because before the it, best of it episodes. It was actually, yeah, exactly. Anyway, well, since then, quite a bit has happened. Um, yeah. Your father indeed did pass away. He did. I think, was the, uh, let's talk about the D word the last time you were on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, That's what we so did. that was right before he passed. and Right. Um, he did indeed pass, and yes. it was actually kind of a beautiful it was magnificent. process, right? Yeah, um, it was.
1: it was one of the most... Profound experiences of my life, and uh, we were extremely blessed as a family to uh, have been able to experience that uh, kind of a death. It was absolutely magnificent and blessed, and uh, it's still blowing my mind daily. What What um,
0: aspect of it is so profound um, for you?
1: It Was the um, first of all the opportunity that we had to actually um, sit with him and express, you know, both. Um, sadness and and extreme loss and grief, and also joy and celebration for the amazing life that he had and for the role that he played in our lives, for the courage that my mother uh, showed throughout the entire time and and for her willing her willingness to let him go and to actually want that for him, um, and the ability of my brothers and sisters to show up in, uh, in, with so much heart and so much beauty. And, and we just, we really did, we really did a great job. We mm-hmm. we did an amazing, amazing job. And to honor him also as, um, to honor his life in a sacred way through ritual and through this blessing of actually, you know, honoring the body and wrapping the body and offering roses and washing it with rose water. And it was truly magnificent. And uh, we were there for his last breath. And um, uh, I can say it it was a divine passing.
0: Mm -hmm. It was uh, an experience unlike any other that I've ever been part of. And it's a weird thing because, you know, everybody dies. But it's very uncommon to be around death or to be in the presence of somebody either in the midst of their passing or in the aftermath of their passing to like literally stand with a dead body um, is a very impactful thing. And I think what was most notable and kind of emotionally uh, impactful for me was the fact that your father was surrounded by, family for you know I don't, two weeks ten days it was,
1: it was actually yeah it was actually less it was it was about seemed, a week
0: yeah so every yeah. day though everybody kind of congregated um you know not everybody was there all the time but for the most part like every evening there was you know we were all there and we were able to kind of be a family around him and he would go in and out of kind of conscious awareness but you know he knew that we were all there and it was just sitting around telling stories and looking at pictures with your mother and um, playing music and singing to him and going in and visiting him in his room and then coming back out and eating food. And it was very akin to sort of sitting Shiva in the Jewish tradition, which is what you do in the aftermath of the passing. But that was going on you know, prior to it all the way up until the moment. And you were lucky enough to actually be there at the moment. I was with the girls at their play in malibu and right as the play commenced i got the text that he had passed so Mm -hmm. right after the play we left and joined you um but at that moment you know everybody was there with him and um i mean you can't you know it's it's the culmination of a life like what how else would you want to go out he went out peacefully surrounded by people he cared about who were honoring him in the best possible way
1: Mm -hmm. it was truly magnificent it was uh And it was something that, you know, it's again, like I I would like to share this with people and, you know, I may write about it or I may, I don't know, I may create something because, um, you know, nobody gave me permission to do what I did. Nobody gave, you know, I, I didn't like, you know, learn this step by step from someone else. It's like, you know, I asked my mother for her permission. My dad had given me his permission in the recent weeks and, um, I just did what felt, Um, loving to me and honoring to me and beautiful to me. And you don't need anybody's permission to honor, uh, you know, a life like that. And it's very, I think, disconnected that in our culture, we just, somebody passes or they get near the end and and you try not to see them or keep people away from them or, you know, you don't, you don't want to look at it. It's almost like, okay, they've died. Let's whisk them away you know, put them in a plastic bag and take them away so that we don't really have to look at it or we don't really have to visit it. And the truth is, is that it's a magnificent, beautiful rite of passage. It's, you know, it's a birth into another existence. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's very, e- it was very easy and it was very loving. And, you know, my mother thanked me and, you know, many times and, and my brothers and sisters as well for... Um, You know, being able to facilitate that for them and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And this is, you know, this is a ritual that we're going to do and we're going to participate in and, and uh, he was truly divine. I mean, truly magnificent. And even, you know, the hospice nurses who, by the way, I need to for my mother and for all of us just acknowledge the beautiful role that hospice plays. I mean, it was one of the cutest things is one of the nurses, uh, Lucille, I think her name was. What they do is they rotate the nurses, and I think they do it so you don't develop an attachment to mm. one of them and maybe them with the family. It's probably, you know, mm-hmm. could be very hard. But um, it was so cute because one of us would take turns um, sleeping there and. One of the times, uh, you know, I was trying to rest on the couch, and it was the middle of the night. And she was shift, um, she was, you know, giving her shift up and welcoming the the next nurse in, and she was there bragging about my dad, you know, like that she had known him his whole life, you know. <laughs> so I just thought it was. And she was like, "Do you know what he did? Do you know he was he was still flying his airplane two years ago? And do you know how many kids he has? And do you know what he does for work?" And it was so sweet. It was like she didn't want to leave him until the next person understood his humility humanity and who he Mm -hmm. really was when he wasn't sick or wasn't you know dropping his body so hospice was just incredible and um that is a magnificent uh service that we had so i just want to acknowledge all all the hospice community and from my heart thank you for the role that you play in all of our lives because you know every passing is different and it's it's um you know, it's not always easy, and it's not always smooth. And, you know, quite frankly, we we had a a very, very easy, you know, my dad had very, you know, in the scheme of things, a very easy passing. So anyway, um, it just, it blew my mind. I I never imagined in, in my wildest dreams that this would ever have come to pass, especially with my father specifically. And uh, we're in a whole different place right now so anyway
0: yeah thank and you. for people that are listening that might have missed the other episode where we talked about this I mean your father was 92 when he passed he lived quite a remarkable life he was an adventure you know an adventurous soul a bush pilot uh you know a mountaineer uh a very much an outdoorsman <clears throat> you know you, you raised you guys in Alaska and just love the outdoors and you know, literally lived out his remaining two years, year and a half here in Just Los a Angeles, year and a half, yeah. which was not his choice. No,
1: kind <laughs> <laughs> of kicking and screaming. Because You had
0: always said, you know, this is a guy who's going to end his life by flying his bush pilot into the side of a mountain because yeah. he's not a guy who would want to get old, but no. he, he did grow old gracefully. And despite the fact that, you know, for a guy like that to be locked up in a body that doesn't Work very well anymore, and be in a place that he doesn't want to be. He was a pretty good, sp- pretty good sport and spirit about the thing all the way to the end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, he loved his grandkids and his kids, and loved music. And we were just so blessed that he played harmonica with us at the book release party of the Plant Power Way at the Skirball. That was really, really mm-hmm. something. That was a life, life event. And my dad also was a you know he was a civil engineer, and um, he worked his entire lifetime. He's responsible for many of the large cultural centers in Alaska. And his last. His last job was with, uh, it was a, a job manager of the entire construction of uh, a massive museum in Anchorage that was designed by uh, David Chipperfield. And uh, it was a $100 million project, and he was working on that just four years ago. Mm-hmm. So he he had the great uh, you know blessing of actually... Making more money at the end of his life than he ever made, and he kept trying to retire and he they just wouldn't let him. They would send a car to pick him up or you know so he was very, very respected and you know was responsible for a lot of a lot of building a lot of design in, in anchorage mm-hmm.
0: well, I have two observations on that. The first is that in part that is you know like that's a testament to his character, but it's also a function of the way Native culture works in Alaska, mm-hmm. because so many of his colleagues and peers and people that he worked with were, uh, you know, Native Americans. And that is a culture that puts a little bit more value on no, and on respect, the, respect on the, the elders. elders. And so he was somebody who was in high demand well past his expiration date in the kind of, you know, traditional modern Amer- culture, modern culture of, of working and retiring when you're 65. So people kept calling him to work and to work and to work. And he was like, I don't know how much longer I could do this, but they, it was a, it was a sign of respect to Mm -hmm. bring him into that project and help him see it all the way through to its conclusion, which is beautiful. And that museum is incredible.
1: It's magnificent. Yeah.
0: The second observation that I have is this is exploring this idea of, of really, you know, being occupied, um, in your, you know, in your passion all the way to the end. Because as we all know, David Bowie just passed away. Mm -hmm. One of the, in my opinion, I think in a lot of people's opinion, one of the most remarkable artists of our, of our time. And, you know, we, we should all just feel blessed that we got to live at the same time as this guy. And he was a, you know, and sort of a, um, everlasting, uh, font of incredible creative, output. Mm -hmm. And that creative output, you know, the, the sort of spigot on that faucet never got turned off. And what's super interesting is how he kind of really just orchestrated his entire passing. Like he figured out, like he knew that he was going to be, he knew he was, he knew he was sick, obviously he knew he was sick, but you know, he knew he was nearing his end and he kind of created, um, all of this creativity to kind of, uh, be this giant crescendo to the end of his death by putting out this album. And there's the video that he put out, like all this stuff that kind of all came out right around the time of his passing. It was like he scripted the entire thing like a Broadway show.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I first of all, I I agree, you know, wholeheartedly, and and for me, when I feel into the vibration of David Bowie, even when he's alive or or when he's passed from this world, it's one of complete triumph, complete victory, because he is an individual who has lived his life authentically from the very beginning, without without with abandon, without. Um, any hesitation in who he was, even if it was against what everybody else felt. and so here's somebody who has pushed the boundaries, who has been an extraordinary artist in many different ways, and who uh, you know also has a beautiful family and beautiful children, and just really such a such a full life lived in such honesty and authenticity and truth and of course, he has never missed an opportunity in his life to express his gifts and he chose and he, he took a perspective, he chose to to make his passing another creative expression and knowing how many millions of people are going to be watching. Mm-hmm. And so he's sharing some very expanded concepts and some you know very uh spiritually uh laced um music and videos and it's it is changing the frequency of people who watch it it is giving them an opportunity to, to expand so once again even in his passing, he has offered us the gift of expansion mm-hmm. through his art and his music,
0: yeah, he never. Breathe in inauthentic breath in his life, like the idea of compromising his gift or his art to please another or to fit some kind of you know uh, marketing campaign or something like that. Like it doesn't even enter into that guy's consciousness, you know. And 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 the strength, you know, to stand in that strength is is something truly to behold. Mm. You know, it really is remarkable because. The level of charisma, (laughs) you know, oozing out of that guy, you know, you look at he's gone through all these different obvious incarnations and, you know, these sort of alter ego personas that he adopted over the years that are, you know, hardly mainstream you know well, and the fact yeah, that the he was able to kind of bend the mainstream to his will mm-hmm. is is truly something that you don't see very often
1: right and you it know? shows a very evolved being because he was exploring and expanding and testing things he was never safe he was never in the box he was always just you know just you know, blowing your mind going to another place, you know. And even even his current music, again, he's pushed the envelope, you know, it's very complex and and uh it's just he's a he's a true artist, but a true expanded soul. And, you know, so it's like when when I feel David Bowie, there's nothing about me that can feel sad or disappointed or you know, he's, he's just a triumph. And of course, I feel compassion for his immediate loved ones who, who knew him, his wife, his, his children. Yes, of course, that, you know, it is so sad to see somebody go that we love. Um, and I'm sure that it's immense for them, because I'm sure the relationship was extraordinary, as is everything else about this man and this being. But if you really view the life, I mean, isn't that the kind of life we're all trying to lead? Isn't that the kind of life that you and I are talking to that we're aspiring to that we're talking about? about, you know, connecting with your authentic self and being yourself and being true. Um, it's just a triumph. What a beautiful, beautiful being. And mm-hmm. I am sure he is flying so freely and so far and wide that, you know, we can't even imagine where he is. But what, what a beautiful, beautiful, well done life.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the level of his uh, aptitude for understanding where he stood and and his unwavering you know sort of his commitment you know like he there was he was so committed to who he was that the question of him moving one way to the left or the right would never even come up Mm -hmm. and how many people are there that are like that yeah I mean, can you imagine like a record executive saying to him like, yeah, we like it, but we think it should be a little bit more like this. Did you put
1: on this teal you know, sweater?
0: Like, like right. for most, even very, very successful people, you know, they, they feel that pull, you know, of trying to, of the little compromises that must be made for the purpose of commerce. But I can't even imagine that being that even being on the table for somebody like that. And I I think that when you're right, when we're talking about aspiring to a more authentic existence, he's all he's iconic in that regard.
1: Absolutely he is. And and, you know, uh, when you're breaking paradigms, when you're writing a new way, when you're creating a new way, it's like you don't fit into anything. And there's an extreme amount of judgment. I mean, trust me, there is, there are tons of people that question him or think he's a freak or, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, so it, it goes with the territory, but, um, you were, you were never going to tell him to fit into some, somebody's idea of what success is. Mm -hmm. And because he was so committed and, and persistent and, and, uh, and just continued to express himself at such a high level, like no matter what, it's like pretty soon, you know you you see the truth you see the power in it you see you see it for what it is and you understand that it's it's beyond anybody's idea of what success is like in quotes like mm-hmm. no one no no record is, executive or film producer would have you know said okay this is how you're going to do it and that's a great idea you know <laughs> you they would have been telling like telling david Whoa. bowie what to do no <laughs> so do you know i was with him i was near him once in my life it was oh, after Lord. yeah i was picking up some photos in a photo lab in like 1989 and uh, maybe 1990. And uh, I'm just standing in the lab, small space, like probably f- six feet by 12 feet. And, he came in to pick up his photos. We were uh-huh. both looking at our photos through the loops, like, like at the a, counter. Oh, but
0: not like a photo map. No, like. just like a
1: like a nice lab, like, right, like right, a, right. yeah, like a film lab. Uh-huh. And it, and of course, I was like, oh my god, like there's David Bowie right there. But I didn't say I said hello to him. That's all. Like mm-hmm. when we walked out, it was kind of like the door, like oh hello, hello. I was like, oh my freaking god, that's David Bowie. <laughs>
0: Did you do you feel the the presence, the charisma? I
1: feel that he gave me the creative transmission, and it has changed my life since. No. I didn't really I know. Well, we
0: were talking about this at, at family dinner the other night. And it was a Tyler who told the story that he had overheard like Dave Grohl talking about it from the Foo Fighters. He said like the Foo Fighters played some, some concert, some set and they just worked their butt off to get the crowd like into it and riled up and excited. <laughs> right. And it was like, they were just working so hard to like get a reaction out of the crowd. And then when their set was done, like David Bowie, who was the the headline act that night walked out is from what I understand, I, I could be butchering the story, but <clears throat> David Bowie walks out and just kind of quietly raises his hand (laughs) in the sky and and people just went bananas and like completely just lost it. Like that's the level of like strength Mm. that somebody like that can hold when they're carrying that level Mm. of like authentic, you know, creative power. It's so impressive.
1: He just had it. I mean, every single thing about him every mm-hmm. single thing about him and yeah just the way he held his finger up was extraordinary
0: <laughs> so how can we be more like bowie
1: i, I don't think they, that's that's the wrong that's the well, wrong not like, aspiration not like david bowie no. but
0: to like embody yeah, the embody. ethos you know the sort of his once rule again, book
1: once again meditation 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 get my meditation program start mm. meditating get in touch with really who you are who are you Do you know who you are? I mean, or are you living someone else's life? Or are you pining for objects or experiences that someone else has that you think is going to make you happy? The answer is only inside your own heart. And you only, like, it's your life. So at the end of Mm -hmm. your life, it's your life. Like, you can't blame Rich if you don't figure out who you are. You Mm -hmm. can't blame me. And you can't blame David Bowie either. So the thing is, is find out who you are and be that. Express it. Embrace it, you know, um, uh, um, honor it and Mm -hmm. make it special, make it precious. Understand that you're an emanation of a God force of creation of the cosmos. You were made specifically for a purpose, a specific purpose to express yourself. There's not another one of you in the entire universe. Not another one of you exists in the entire universe. Mm. Think of the specialness of that. And so if we have one purpose in life, it's to find that and be that no matter what anybody says.
0: And the only way to answer that question for yourself is to is to commit to that level of inside work, of introspection, of meditation, of mindfulness. Like that is the path and the journey. And it's been you know, it's the beginning of 2016 and, you know, it's that time of year where you kind of reflect on, you know, the year that passed and and look forward, um, and, uh, and kind of vision for the future. And I've been very, uh, introspective about the journey that we've been on. You know, it's, it's been a long road to get to this point and I'm so grateful to be sitting with you right now doing this, like when I say doing this, I mean, yes, the podcast, but like everything that we're doing, even in the last two weeks, so many remarkable things have happened. Um, You know, this thing came out yesterday on a website called greatest. They listed their 100, you know, most fluent, most influential people in like health and fitness. Right. And so, for the second year in a row, I made this list and I'm actually very high up on the list. And they have this whole algorithm about influence, about how they come up with these numbers. And the whole thing is like really silly. And I I certainly, this is not why we do what we do. And, um, and none of that really matters. But at the same time, like I would be lying if I didn't admit that, like, you know, it's, I'm grateful and honored to be included, you know, in that group of people. And you can say, well, this person doesn't belong or whatever. It doesn't matter. Because when I look back over the years, uh, that it took to get to this place where we have a voice in a conversation at all is kind of a remarkable thing. And it's been a long road, right? Mm-hmm. It's been well over 10 years to get mm-hmm. to this point. And so it's always interesting to me when I get emails from people or messages from people and they want to know, like, well, what is the smoothie? Like, I got a, I got a message from somebody today who was kind of angry with me because, because I've never... Um, posted like the exact things that I ate every single day when I did the seven day juice cleanse that's in finding ultra right yeah and Mm -hmm. and this person was feeling like betrayed by this or gypped by that and I'm like all right well I could share that it's not that big of a deal really but I think implicit in that why it's so loaded is that people think that these things are what holds the answer like if they just get that recipe for that smoothie or tell me the workout that you're doing or um, you know, what is it, this, what is the specific, you know, uh, you know, what do what do you listen to when you train? Like all these little things that are details, but they're missing the big picture. They're mm-hmm. missing the most important thing, which is what you just said, because all of that other stuff is basically, it's all good and important. You know, it's important how you feed your body and how you move yourself physically. They're all pieces in the puzzle, but to be focused on that, when you're myopic about the absolute most important puzzle piece, like the fundamental core of this whole thing, which is what you're speaking to is to be, you know, blind to the journey itself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And it's the thing that, you know,
0: because let me just say, sorry, to finish that thought, you know, that 10 year journey of going from where we were to where we are now is truly a function of doing that inside work and, you know, really, um, Investing in the meditation and the mindfulness. And and most of all, the faith that was required to kind of go from that, um, you know, to go from that that sort of pupae and blossom into the butterfly, so to speak, um, was a painful process that required, you know, a tremendous capacity for faith and walking forward when, you know, the world was collapsing around us and people were telling us we were crazy. Like, we were not exactly being supported, you know, in, in the way that we would have preferred. And it's all fine. And I look back on it with nothing but gratitude for how the whole thing kind of evolved into where it is now. Um, But I guess the point that I'm making is, is that it doesn't happen overnight. And it does require a great deal of, of focus and hard work and commitment. And when you look at a life like David Bowie and his level of commitment to what he was doing, um, you can see, you know, how that how that manifested in this extraordinary life. And I think that that the kernel of that exists within all of us. It's a matter of whether we're willing to look at it and fertilize that 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 seed and allow it to grow when we're being pressured all around us to do otherwise.
1: It's true. I mean, there's a genius in 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 each one of us. N- not a David Bowie genius, but a a version of something that we were created that we do specifically like it's that thing that you do that no one else that you know in the whole world can do it it, and it can be any combination or anything on the full spectrum it doesn't all have to be rock star you know it can be every it can be gardener it can be you know a mother it can be anything So, um, but I really, I know, and it's interesting because, um, I actually uh, launched my own, uh, podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. divine through line on the 26th, sorry, 22nd of December, Yes,
0: which we were going to get into, but But yeah, like, it's very exciting. You've, you finally, you know, jumped into the podcast world. How many episodes do you have up now?
1: I have eight. Eight
0: already. I'm doing two a week. Yeah, you do. So you do a, a, a podcast episode and then the following day you put up kind of the, the spiritual practice that goes with that. Yeah,
1: actually on the same day, I put both up on the same day. So one is the episode and then one is a healing technique. So it's actually a practice because I find that there, you know, there can be a lot of discussion about the issues and talking and talking and talking, but until we really get into the practice and the techniques to actually activate these new spiritual awarenesses in, in our being, it can be just a lot of talking, which actually never, you know, you can talk about, about a peach but until you eat it you don't really know what it is Mm -hmm. so the techniques are designed to actually lead you into the juiciness of your soul right. to actually find out who you are.
0: <laughs> the analogy would be, you know, talking about spiritual principles all day long doesn't actually mean that you're actually doing anything. Exactly. It's sort of like talking about the the, the workout that you're going to do, right. but not actually doing the exactly. workout and then, and then going to bed that night thinking that you trained. Exactly. <laughs> you know?
1: So it's very intellectualized. So we, you, you, you know, it's, it's about getting into the experiential. And so the reason that I brought out the podcast right there is because you know again it's like i've have known my whole life and i've been spiritually driven my entire life and it is what informs everything that i do and so to not to not embrace that or not cultivate that or not honor that not as the second third fourth 15th 16th item but the first item That is the shift for me. And, you know, again, I say it all the time. I'm not religious. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about spirituality. And it is, you could call it the force. You could call it creation. You could call it creativity. You could call it love. You know, I like to call it God sometimes because that's just, that's how big it is for me. But I want to, um, um, I want to speak to these perspectives on what it really means to live a life divine, what it really means to live a spiritual life, and how do you cultivate this reverence and this, I mean, think of the reverence and the beauty of David Bowie um, actually creating these musical and visual gifts and a message around his exit like that that is just so geniusly amazing and Mm -hmm. not everybody gets that opportunity because some people leave quicker and they you know they can't and they're not david bowie also but the fact that he chose that and could create that i mean that is honoring a transition Mm -hmm. and that that act in and of itself catapulted him into an expansion even greater. So even in his death, he was expanding. I mean, and,
0: and, you know. You know, a normal human being would have just said, you know, I'm going to, oh. I'm old. I'm I'm, going to, you know, just be with my family and I'm going to, you know, go out quietly. And he, you know, he went out with like the biggest bang ever. I mean, I haven't seen... A reaction to someone passing Mm -hmm. on this level in I can't remember. Like at my entire Instagram feed, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just Mm -hmm. posting pictures of David Bowie. Like
1: Yeah, and seeing seeing the video and seeing all the spiritual energy that's just emanating through it, I was just smiling my my head off, just completely completely delighted at what he has created and you know like it's
0: a creating to his last breath yeah
1: i mean he's still like like it's like he's everywhere and and eternally always like he's everywhere he's not <laughs> he's not to be missed like i'm not missing him at all i'm experiencing him right now you know and mm-hmm. and again you know i understand you know as human beings we have very very real connections to the people we love and i 'm not making light of that to his immediate family and i've you know feel very deeply in my heart for their loss and but i 'm looking as a cultural icon and as all of us, and as somebody who was an inspiration and who is somebody that we all you know, grew up with and experienced things with, I mean, what a, what a, what a triumph of a life. Just Mm -hmm. incredible. Just incredible. So again, it's like, we're back at this spirituality thing because we have this death thing that's going to happen to all of us. (laughs) So we can either buy, I mean, and it's, and it's all okay. Like, you know, 2016 might be about you buying, you know, eight more shiny red bikes. And if it is enjoy it, and I really mean that, but 2016 also might be about possibly looking a little deeper into creation, into nature, into our connection, into the stars, into the cosmos, into the nature of, you know, of uh, of space, uh, into harmony, into our own inner relationships, and. Um, and, and in the real life, you know, not in the Instagram life or not in the Facebook life, mm-hmm. but in the real life, like how are your relationships at home and and how deeply are you connecting with with the people that you're living with?
0: Mm-hmm. How dare you compete with me by launching a podcast? Though? <laughs> there was a moment, you know, like we had fun because... Julie launches her podcast, and as Apple does, like they, they overinflate new shows. So that are you people, saying that
1: my show is no, overinflated? No,
0: no. <laughs> that came out wrong. I don't mean that, but like when a new show comes out. Apple does a great job of like kind of boosting it a little bit so that it gets eyeballs on it because that's great for new shows so that they can, you know, get an audience, they can get a little traction, right? And that happened happened when I launched my podcast and I was under the, I was under the impression that it was doing a lot better than it. I was like, Oh my God, it's so high in the ranking. You don't realize until you've been doing it well. Oh, and then it kind of like settles, you know, settles to its, you know, its level or whatever, um, But nonetheless, like, so yours comes out and it's like in the new and noteworthy. And then it hits like the health rankings, and you were like way above me you yes. know, for like two <laughs> weeks. And you would send me texts with like a screen grab of like the right. I was like, yeah, that's great. You know, it's like my wife starts. Who launched you as a podcast talent? You did. Here you are. I know. You so did, it's funny. honey. You created anyway, me. I owe you everything. But the truth is, your show is, it's not like my show at all. You don't even really do interviews. It's you. The amazing thing about how you do your show is, is and it's something I could never do, is you literally just sit down and close your your eyes and you just start channeling whatever is going on (laughs) like you don't prepare anything you're not interviewing any anyone and for me the absolute hardest part of doing this whole podcast like i can sit across from someone like yourself and just you know shoot the shit forever Mm -hmm. but when i'm in my office alone and i have to do the intros Mm -hmm. i get all up in my head and i can't like it's a weird like like seizure that happens sure. where it just feel and it it comes off sounding weird it doesn't sound natural and then mm-hmm. i'll re-record it and it just becomes this whole thing like so the idea for me that that i would do a podcast where it's just me talking into the microphone mm-hmm. that sounds like a nightmare like, Yeah, i don't think i could do that and that's your gift you're able to just sit there and do it and then have brad who you know is our friend and and your engineer and you guys play music together at the culmination of the podcast and all of that. He's kind of there as a quiet sounding board for you. Um, but for him to just sit there and kind of watch you do that and his eyes just kind of go wide. Cause he's like, how did you come up with all that stuff? And then he's transformed as a result of that experience. Mm. He's like, Oh my God, I can't believe like what you said. I feel so different now, you know, <laughs> which is really cool. So I'm excited for you and I'm excited to see, Um, you know, where you take the whole thing. So it is, did we even say the name? It's divine through line. Divine
1: through line, yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, again, like the healing technique I channel just, and I'm actually designed it that way that I'm channeling it in the moment Um, I'm trying not to I'm trying to be open to not just using like a standard technique of something else that I know because I'm I'm pushing my own boundaries and allowing me to channel what's appropriate in that moment so that's kind of interesting so I do that episode totally by myself and then Brad is doing the other episode with me recording that and it's interesting because we're doing music so there's music performance so uh, I do have uh, different musicians in my life that are guesting on it and then that also so steps into some conversation so we'll see how it all kind of goes but definitely music is a big big part of it and uh that makes me really happy right
0: well the other thing you're doing where you're copying me is now you're putting videos up. <laughs> yeah well i just, a youtube channel
1: well actually Jai has been telling me our eight-year-old she's like mom you know what are you doing like why don't you do videos you're so not with it and and then uh when we started to do, to do music um suddenly it just it was again like just in the moment like it wasn't planned the same way divine Line happened I wasn't planning it It was just like in the moment okay let's record this it was kind of the same thing it was like hey let's make it a video and lay I'll shoot it if okay, you're gonna if it. you're
0: gonna do that and since your episodes are so much shorter you should just shoot the whole thing and maybe put the we whole should. podcast up on I on on YouTube as well that's yeah. what you should be doing
1: okay will you be my podcast uh, development advisor I think you already are
0: I just did you I just, just did yeah but now I'm done
1: okay oh you're not helping me anymore
0: no, no I just <laughs> fly in and I get Give you like a piece of advice like that and, and then, then you I, leave. And then I leave so
1: what the big question is is are you ever going to come on my show
0: this is the first that you've asked me i didn't Listen, think that you had guests
1: well i mean you would be special
0: what would we do that's different than what we're doing right now
1: um, i don't know maybe nothing <laughs>
0: just sit there quietly just and see. meditate. I
1: could actually film you meditating, which would be extraordinary, would be, and I could put be. that up on YouTube. Yeah, 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 which would be something.
0: That would be. I'm making. A, I'm making a YouTube video about meditation right now. I know, which is also hilarious. So I know. So and it and is. It is. Well, I think I'm going to title it like "I Suck at Meditation." That's
1: better. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But We're, here's the
0: thing. No, like, so I've made this decision that in 2016. It's going to be about video for me. And that doesn't mean I'm I'm losing interest in the podcast. If anything, it's the opposite. But I just see a, an amazing kind of uh, opportunity in video. And it's something that I've never really invested in or explored. And it kind of started because uh, in our travels, kind of promoting the Plant Power Way and all these talks that <clears throat> we were giving, people would come up at the book signings and say, Oh, you know, I, I, I came here to see you because I watched all your videos and I just had to, you know, come and hear you talk. And I'm like, video, what videos? You know, I've had a pod, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a podcast. I've had a YouTube channel since I think like 2008, 2007, maybe. And there's videos up there, but. I haven't put any videos up there in ages and ages and ages. So it's just never something that I've paid attention to or put any time or thought or intention behind. But it happened so many times that I thought, this is silly. Like, it's such a powerful medium. Like, YouTube is, I think it's the second or third most visited website on of, on the mm-hmm. entire internet. And it's just an avenue that I haven't really explored. And as fantastic as podcasting is, I mean, it's truly the ultimate Best medium to have long form nuanced conversations, but it's still kind of, uh, one dimensional when Mm -hmm. it comes to how you can like truly impact someone. And the the moving image is obviously the most powerful thing. So why are we not doing that? Why are we not doing more of that? So I, and I think a part of it for me was fear. Like, I don't really know how to edit and, and who's going to, what am I going to say? And who, you know, it was all this, these sort of arguments that, that, that I would, you know, use in my mind that would prevent me from just, Getting into it and being willing to, you know, make videos that aren't good as a, as a process of learning and getting to a point where, you know, potentially it it could be, you know, just another avenue of connecting with people and being of service because, um, Was I going to say? Well, I I think you're very
1: no. What I just want to say, I think I think it's very dharmically in alignment for you. I mean, meaning to say, I think that you're suited for it. I think you're supposed to do it. And you know, you and I made a movie together called Down Dog, which is really amazing. You directed that. You were a great director. And uh, I think you have an you have an aesthetic, you know, you have a great aesthetic, and I've op- you can see it in your photographs, I'm sure your listeners are all agreeing with me right now, your your photographs are insane, they're amazing, and you're a huge fan of Casey Neistat, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason for that, there's and a little been, shadow artisty there. Yeah,
0: it's a little too much of a sh- yeah, I need to step outside no, of that, you but, but no, it's true, but he's been very influential on me, and he's also been incredibly encouraging and supportive. Yeah. Um, And it's nice. You guys have a nice relationship.
1: That's not, that's, that's a good thing. You know, that's a, that's a good thing. But I, I think it's absolutely in alignment with, with, with what you have to express inside of you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the next evolution. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's amazing. And I would like to even see more artistic from you, like more, I, I hope you do make a film someday. I hope you do. Um, you know, take that because i 've always said like when I was painting and when I was being an artist uh, <laughs> i mean like in f- photography or also in painting and sculpting you, i I knew that if you started painting or sculpting that you were going to be really good i 've always felt that about you
0: i don 't know if I could paint or sculpt I think but i feel but i feel pretty pretty confident behind a camera and i 'm mm. excited to see you know, where this is going to lead, but, but, you know, I've made this commitment and I've made the commitment public that I'm going to put out a YouTube video every week. Right. And that scares me. What'd and you I'm make like, this week? Well, I haven't, I haven't, I've done a podcast every single day. I, and made, then I, mine. Have another I made mine. I made mine yesterday. Hold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're ahead of me. Like, why are you copying me here? <laughs> Leave so me alone. <laughs> um, and then I'm doing a podcast with Mishka tomorrow. This will be four podcasts in a row. Yeah. So then the next day I think I'm going to set aside just for production I'm going to make a video and, and then, you know, complete it over the weekend. I'm not sure what it is yet. And I've got to figure out, like, how I'm going to do this going forward. But the most recent video that I put up is my video about traveling to Beirut and running the marathon there, why I went to run the marathon there, and then what happened in the wake of that. It was very cool. And it's a really cool, I'm really proud of that video. And I didn't do the editing on this one. I'm mm-hmm. still teaching myself how to edit. Michael Lubin did a great job editing it, and thank you, Michael. Um, so that's up right now. So for people that are listening and have never been to my YouTube channel, it's just youtube.com forward slash Rich Roll. Uh, subscribe, please. Uh, and uh, and mine is Ananda Shrimati. <laughs>
1: is it? <laughs> A I only have two. I only using, have so, two videos right. up, so don't. I'll two let you videos. know. It's Srimati, That's my. Well, I'll link to it in the
0: show notes of this episode. That's but funny, but yeah. So I'm excited about really developing YouTube as an additional platform, and the only way that that impacts the podcast is that we're not going to be doing a second episode every single week. Um, when I was doing two every week, it really did become a full time op- occupation. I was very little time or room to do anything else. So now we're going to go to uh, the the second weekly episode will be biweekly. So it'll be one episode in a week and then the following week there'll be two and then back to one. So I'm going to try that for a while. And that just frees up more time to Mm -hmm. um, do some of this video work. And the other thing on on the kind of video tip that I've been doing is putting up Snapchat stories every day. I really do think Snapchat is the future, even though people might laugh and think it's just for kids. It's actually a really cool, powerful medium. And I've been having fun doing morning routines every day. So I, you know, I drink the tea and then I do the meditation and then I do the journaling and I kind of share that in, in kind of a humorous way on Snapchat in the morning. And people have been really enjoying that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and you're laughing before and it gets back to this whole. thing that we were talking about, which is meditation, right? So the comical part of it is that I historically have had fits and starts with meditation, like I get into it, and I'm really good about it for a while. And then something happens, and I'm out of it, and then I'm back into it. And that's another thing about 2016, for me is that that is going to be of the utmost priority. And I think when I when I hold myself out on Snapchat to share that every morning, it holds me accountable to doing it because then people are like, Hey, how come you didn't share your thing? Right? So it helps me to do it when I have that impulse of, of like, Oh, I'm late and I can't do it and I have to leave and get out the door. So mm-hmm. you could follow me on Snapchat as well, which is I am rich roll. It's the only account that I have that isn't my name because Rich Roll was taken. So it's I am rich roll.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you
0: awesome. going to get on Snapchat? Let me know now how too? That
1: goes. I don't know if I am. Yeah. I think not. I need. Uh, I you know who knows. I don't know. Again, like my question about that, about sharing that every day, would be, is that interfering with your ability to go deep and mm-hmm. to just really be in your sacred space? It's
0: it's tricky, you know, and that's a that's a fair point, you know, because how do you do it and still honor the 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 sort of sacred sanctity of that? Um, and that's something I that I think you're correct about. Um, and I'm wondering whether there's a way to kind of do it in a very quick way so it's not interfering or to do it when you're done and say, I did it to check in with it or something like that. So I don't have the answer to that yet, but I, I will say that knowing that I kind of said, okay, I'm going to share this gets me to do it when I have an impulse to not do it.
1: My question is, is when you're doing it, are you thinking about doing it or are you thinking about having done it or are you really just in your soul?
0: Uh, Well, first of all, you're presuming that I have the ability to reach a state of no mind. (laughs) And I would hardly say that that's the case. So usually my mind is spinning a million miles an hour about all kinds of stuff. Mm. That might be that's one why or two of the things really, that are. But
1: if I could be your um, counsel, this like you're my uh, you're my podcast uh, counsel. Mm-hmm. If I could be your counsel on meditation, I would say that's why you should be doing my humming meditation so that you can drop into a moment of stillness. Because right now, when you're and if sitting, I do
0: that, then I can Snapchat too because it'll take care of removing the thoughts from my mind. (laughs) You might,
1: you might, but you will find a visceral reaction because the main part of the meditation is this humming and you're humming, it's an active meditation. So it's basically clearing all the residue from your being. And if you're lucky you'll get a moment of where you drop in. And that's what is really amazing.
0: I'm cool with it and I love doing that meditation. I get self-conscious if anyone else is around though. I feel yeah. like I need to be in a, in a room with the door shut and nobody else around. You can
1: do it in your car. You can do it, you know, yeah. anywhere. You know, you need to pull over. You so when I wake up in the
0: morning, and I just go into my car and sit in the car and do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And then come back into the mm-hmm. house.
1: <laughs> right. Or you could just do it here. You have this one space. It is kind of funny in our house. And this well, is like, also nine people. people.
0: There's people coming in and out of the room all the time. But, like in the morning meditation, like it's constantly getting interrupted.
1: But mostly it's you and me in the morning that are crossing, uh, crossing it depends on what time paths it is. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, when yeah, it's, it's super depending. early it is. But. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting because now, now it's like, are you meditating here? No, I'm meditating
0: here. <laughs> I'm like, you have a meditation room upstairs. Go upstairs. What are you doing here? But sometimes Leave. I
1: do. Sometimes I do. Uh, like op- you're I do being open. A hog. I do open eye meditation, and I need to see the sunrise.
0: I, for like I got that. mad the other morning. I was like, oh, you took the teapot. And you're going to sit in here when you have your own room upstairs that I'm not allowed to go into. And then I
1: tell Rich, just because you started meditating a week ago, don't think that you like have like domain over <laughs> the house.
0: <laughs> oh, and because you're such a spiritual person, you get to do what you want without repercussion. That doesn't work either.
1: No. Um, so we we have to work that out. Obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we that are. gets into our expansion plan. Tyler, Tyler's girlfriend, Leah lives with us as well right now. How many people do we have living at the house? Nine, ten. 10. We have 10 people here. We finally are, you know, creating this communal living situation. Julie could not be happier. She's thrilled that we have all these people here. And we really are functioning in this kind of like, you know, sort of socialist, socialist structure. It's like a work camp in a good way. Like everybody's got jobs and we're finally moving forward on creating the the garden and Tyler and Leah are going to move down the hill into a teepee that they're going to erect. And we're looking into getting storage containers to convert into live workspaces. And we have Andrew here who's really, he's become like property manager, helping us out with all kinds of house related stuff. And you know Leia with her expertise in sustainability and composting and gardening is really you know kicked us off into the new year with a lot of energy and excitement about you know how we can better utilize this you know beautiful piece of property that we have
1: yeah and it's been i mean it's been a long dream of mine something that i've been trying to sort of get going for a long time and i i thought i was going to do it around homeschooling and i had uh, called together groups of people at, at two different times and you know made a huge heartfelt plea and failed both times. Um, so uh, I kind of let it go, and then when I wasn't looking, suddenly it just sort of set up around me, but with but, our immediate but put a, family. But
0: put a pin in that for a minute, because that's, that's kind of a powerful thing that you just said, because mm-hmm. in the prior incarnations, it was very much... Uh, it was very much chasing, like there was a lot of energy put into trying to make something happen and being very attached to an outcome. And, and having that not really work out, you know, the way that you wanted it to, and then a releasing of that and kind of letting go, and then the allowing and just kind of standing here, and then it comes to you.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I mean, informed by I've always had a feeling that that was what this land was for. And that informed, you know, many of my decisions on, you know, fighting for the house and not wanting to leave. And I mean, I've had so many discussions and so many meditations and so many, you know, so many meetings about this. And so but I did think at the time, it, it, I could see an avenue to it through homeschooling, and I just I couldn't get uh, other families to join me in that. I, I think it was w- way too early. It was a little bit early. But what's interesting is is that Leah was um, one of the teachers that I actually had. Um, asked to come and join me. And mm-hmm. she even went to Dhammenhur and did like a spiritual study there, which is this Italian spiritual community that's absolutely fascinating and incredible. It's in Torino, Italy. And then she did this on the heels of having graduated from Soka University, a beautiful Buddhist uh, university, and she was the head of the garden there. So Leia had had us come down and play a gig there, like to bless their native garden and then the years kept going, right? And little did I know, how would I know that when Tyler grew up that they would fall in love and enter into a relationship together? Right.
0: And that she would be living here when Yeah. It dates back prior to that because she was Mathis and Jaya's babysitter yes. when they were like babies. Yeah, for so years. So and I know know her
1: mother very time. well through meditation circles and such. So it's it's and kind her of her
0: sister Leah is now Isa, I mean yeah Issa yeah. I always do that I know well they're very you much know. alike they're like um, these blonde tutoring, fairy uh, twins is tutoring Mathis which is great too yeah she's beautiful as well so so when is she moving in
1: that's how I'm you know that's all I can hope <laughs> that's all I
0: can hope we're gonna hope. need more container spaces he,
1: exactly we're, we're joking you know Brad saying yeah. that he wants to just he's like I'll just buy a tiny home and you could just pull the truck up and Brad's here in his tiny home right. <laughs> <It's> being loaded <laughs> off <laughs> We actually really, really had our first community meeting last uh, last sunday where where you know uh, jobs were uh, were determined roles were accepted and embraced. And, uh, I'm really, really excited to see what we're going to create together as a community. And the good thing is, is that the energetics, the relationships between all of us are just, they're stellar. Like they are amazing. Like everybody really, really cares for every other member of the community. And how cool was it that Jaya and Mathis were in that planning meeting and that they're taking responsibility at their level Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I've already seen a shift in that. I mean, it was really, it's really, really, really good. Really, mm-hmm. really cool. So
0: yeah, well, I think that's a result of of them feeling empowered, like when they're invited in and taken seriously as a legitimate member of you know what we're doing here then they feel like oh you know that's like an esteem boosting thing and they want to take ownership of that and then they feel good with their role or their task mm-hmm. which yeah. is cool
1: it was really <clears throat> really great and so yeah, so that's going to be a whole journey and we're looking forward to, you right. know, the twists and turns and
0: Kumbaya. Kumbaya, man. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll more see Kumbaya. what happens, you know. It's going to be great. I mean, that could be the subject of some pretty cool YouTube videos as yeah, we kind of we so. as this thing evolves, like kind of sharing what we're trying to do here, which is exciting and interesting and, you know, different and we don't know, we don't have the answers or how it's going to go or anything like that, but it's going to be cool to see how it evolves and yeah, takes shape. we
1: all have a really good feeling about it everybody's very inspired and very committed and and uh we are blessed to have so many amazing community members and family members around us and then uh what else is going on rich
0: that's it we got to wrap it up here in a that's minute because i gotta We're go we
1: am going to talk about the relationship course a little bit
0: oh we should right so julie and i are getting ready to record uh, another online course for Mind Body Green. And this one's going to be all about relationships, which is kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of good. <laughs> so, Why is it funny? Oh, well, it's, 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 it's funny because it marks an evolution in kind of what we're doing, like mm-hmm. from oh, Rich is the triathlete and then, oh, Rich is like the (laughs) vegan guy. And then it's like, oh, then it's the cookbook and it's about the food. And like, when did it become about relationships? You know, it's interesting. It's like, but there's a lot of, I think it's a result of the podcast and the work that we're doing together. People are really responding to the relationship aspect of, of, you know, how we function, you know, Mm -hmm. we're, not only in our marriage, but as business partners and how we're raising our kids and how we try to keep our relationship healthy and how we navigate conflict and all of that. Um, for whatever reason, people like want, we get tons of emails like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And and it's and it's weird because my initial thought was like, well, I'm not a therapist. Like, I, what do I know? You know what I mean? But the truth of the matter is, is that we've been married for how long?
1: I don't know. I don't know. 16 years. Is it
0: good that we don't know this or is it I think bad? it's good. 16, 16 years. We've been together like 17, 18 years, right? And we, all, we both come from, you know, a series of relationships, both good and bad. You've been married a couple times before. You've been in a good marriage. You've been in a not-so-good marriage. And I ha- I've been in a not-so-good semi-marriage. I don't think you could call that a marriage, but a relationship. Quasi-marriage. And, you know, and going through recovery. Like, we have a lot of history you we have know a lot and of feel experience like we've gone through yeah we have a lot of experience you know we, there's been a lot of bumps in the road sorry, been and financially
1: collapsed
0: right we were able to survive that yeah. you know and come out the other mm-hmm. side not broken but stronger and and so i think that there for me it's like getting to that place of being able to own like, Oh yeah, I actually do have something to say about this that I think can be helpful to other people. So Julie and I have been working really hard to kind of piece this course together and figure out how to structure it and create something that I think will be helpful to people. Yeah, so I think it will be. be good. I mean, we're, we're shooting that in like two weeks and those, they turn those things around pretty fast. Yeah, so it should be available. Be up on my body green actually. this spring at some yeah, point. And so, our
1: intense tension is to really, um, really film it much like the podcast. So you know, we, you know, we want it to be really authentic and just really sort of in-depth conversation. So, Mm -hmm. uh, we've identified the, the map and the, the broad strokes, and then we're going to go deep into these subjects and try to see if we can share some of our experience that may prove helpful or supportive to anyone in relationship or family.
0: Right. So it's a busy time, right? I'm doing this podcast. You got your podcast, you have your, your YouTube channel, which is exploding. Yeah. I don't know about that. (laughs) We're doing video. You are uh, working on the Nut Cheese book. You are also working on your memoir. And you are also working on a book on Ayurvedic nutrition. That's right. right. Which is, you're in the early phases. of that. So you're literally writing. Also a cake book. And a cake book. (laughs) You're writing four books, doing a podcast, (laughs) uh, making music, raising Raising children, creating this community, doing online courses. Mm -hmm. This is the Julie that that I fell in love with because this is the Julie that knows how to do many, many, many things at once and do it gracefully and well, which is something I could never figure out. How does that work? Because I'm very much somebody who just goes all in on one thing and just wants to hide from humanity and just see it through to its conclusion. And then when it's done, I move on to the next thing. Like Mm -hmm. that's how I have always functioned. Being with you has helped me learn to try to do it, you know, to, to entertain the possibility That I can do it a different way, which challenges me, but has been good. I mean, I'm still very much that guy who likes to, you know, focus on one thing at a time, but, but you know, I used to be a guy who just said, this is your career, and this is your job, and this is what you do. And now I do do and lots of things. now you're a
1: relationship expert. <laughs> I'm a relationship
0: expert, yes. I'm a relationship expert. It's like those people that they, they, they t- give you their business card, or they tell you what they do, and they're, they're like CEOs of six companies. And I'm like, well, that means you actually don't really do anything. You yeah. know, like if you're spread too thin, yeah, but do you actually do any of these things well? Mm-hmm. Right? Hopefully that's a mindset you're going to let go of. but. No, to be doing the podcast and working on another book and doing videos <laughs> mm-hmm. and all of that it 's pretty crazy and cool and it's it's kind awesome. of crazy so, so yeah, lots of fun, exciting stuff and it it really is truly to kind of bring it around um, bring it full, full full circle to the beginning. All of these things are flowers and fruit born from you know seeds that were planted a long time mm-hmm. ago and cared for, um, you know, through hard times and good so that we could get to this place where we're now enjoying them. And so when, when you look upon this, or you kind of have this perception of what we're doing based on something you read on the internet or something like that, it's very easy to go, Oh, well, you know, how did that happen? Like, what was the secret? And it's, it's just not that simple. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a very long, hard road of being very dedicated and committed, Um, through very difficult times of, of, of holding on to nothing but, you know, the air, you know, Mm -hmm. and your faith to try to live more in accordance with your heart. And Mm -hmm. it is, it is, and has been, and will continue to be the warrior's path, but to be able to stand, you know, um, in this place where we are right now and feel convicted about the work that we're doing to feel good about it. And, and to um, know that it is in full accord and alignment with what we're supposed to be doing is an incredible feeling, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a feeling I never thought that I would have.
1: yeah, it's extraordinary. and And being in that fruits so many extraordinary experiences. It means so much beauty in our lives, so many profound, experiences and just beautiful experiences and open flowing creativity and you know and uh it's beautiful and now you know there are different seasons in life for different different types of experiences and things and you know now is a time for us to really express these gifts that we've been cultivating for many 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 years so it's in full alignment i feel blessed
0: thanks for talking to me today
1: thanks for having me on ritual
0: are we gonna take uh, us out with one of your songs today.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Let me think of which one. Uh, why don't we you don't
0: have it chambered?
1: Didn't, didn't have it chambered this time. All right. Well, would while you... you
0: think about that, um, I'll just, I just want to mention to people, uh, that, uh, it would mean a lot to us if you took a moment to give us a review on iTunes, to subscribe to Julie's podcast, divine through line, to follow me on Snapchat, I am Rich Roll, and of course subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's too many things to subscribe to. It feels weird to ask people to do all these different things. Just let them know. You know what? If you like what we're doing, you know where to go. Check it out. Um, That's it.
1: Okay. What what song? let's, uh, Let's go out with Be Loved.
0: Be Loved? Be Loved. Let's do it.
1: Okay, thanks.
0: Peace. Plants.
1: Namaste. Be Loved.
2: Be you Be love Be true I feel the trees reminding me of you, Hummingbird, butterfly. There's just so much that we can't be together.